Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here we are. Another week. Happy birthday, Frank. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, 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 there's so much in that statement. Boom, right there. Our, our scriptures, the writings, come start with that. In the beginning... Hold it in this hand because it hurts when I move that hand. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens are all his, all the spiritual upper realm of his um, glory. We, we don't fully see the heavens. They're not the stars and the celestial beings that we see in the sky. No, that's earth. That's part of earth. The, the lower manifestation of the material that reflects and is modeled on the heavens. Everything on earth models and reflects the pattern of heaven. Everything does. Everything does. In Romans 1, in verse 18, it says this, For God in heaven unveils his holy anger. Not a good way to start. Unveils his holy anger. That's nothing you really want to brush over, but we are, because I'm not talking about his holy anger at the moment. I'm actually talking about something else. But just remember that God has a holy anger. That God actually, there are some things that God doesn't like. And we've got to be reminded, our God of love is also um, a consuming fire. (laughs) And so it says here that he unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both towards ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions. For the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. Wow. The wickedness of humanity deliberately smothered. Do you feel like sometimes things are being smothered and hidden from you? Like um, there's something about life that you're missing or there is something that the distractions and the noise and the consumerist um, greed model that we're under is all about satisfying our own, you know, wants and needs and desires and all that, that we forget that it's about Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, not seek first my comfort and my rights. I'll say that again. It seems like we have just, 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 we've mixed it up. (laughs) Juxtaposed? That's the word. I thought there was another syllable in there. I was adding too many. That it... We've replaced seek first his kingdom and his righteousness with seek first my comfort and my rights. I've got, to, I've got to get my rights. No, 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 no. We've got to be responsible. Rights never take away from human responsibility. See, it's not that it's my right to be free. It's my responsibility that I need to act in such a way that protects everyone else in the community. Um, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. Wow. In reality. So this is real. The truth of God is known instinctively. We know it. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Is this true or not? This is scripture. This isn't my opinion. This is scripture. This is what we're reading this morning. Instinctively, I have heard people say, they get up on a mountaintop and they watch a sunrise and they go, I had a spiritual experience. They did. 
they encountered a manifestation or a reflection of the manifestation of the glory of God from the pattern of heaven materialized here on earth. Or you, you experience some joy or pleasure or something and it profoundly affects you and you just go, oh, there's more to it than just these flavors. There's more to it than just this pleasure. There's more to it than just this visual. There's more to it than just this feeling. There's more because God has embedded this in our human hearts, this knowledge inside us. Opposition, verse 20, opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and his transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then this leaves everyone without an excuse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There are truths all around us, all the time, that when we see them, when we get hold of them, we get a revelation of who God is. I have this revelation at the moment about harmony. Do you know how much harmony there is in this? Just do that. Think about it. Do you know what you're doing? You have, you have carpals, metacarpals, and phalanges and they all you use these so much every day and there's so much harmony in this that we forget to look at it and go wow that's an amazing piece of machinery right there that I want to hold something I can hold it lightly or I can hold it really firmly there's so much harmony in that this Don't need to say anymore, hey. Last night, my dog's smelling it. And I said, hey, Kylie. Because <laughs> young ladies, one day your husbands will say, hey, smell this. It's just something that boys do. I don't know why. We get great pleasure out of saying, hey, smell this. And Kylie's usually no, but she smelled it. And I go, now think cheese and bickies. <laughs> too much information and she goes yeah cheese and saladas <laughs> uh, my wife is on fire well said this morning that was a great statement this morning and she's on fire not just because she's a hot toddy but because she's a her spirit is on fire she she spurs me on she encourages me um, yeah I'm so grateful for uh, my beautiful wife so God has made things available for us if we take the time to notice. At prayer this week, we were talking about, someone commented on ants. And then next thing, we went off on this whole thing about ants. And because Paul had showed me a picture of where they'd poured concrete down this ant nest. And then they'd um, excavated it. And it was like 15, 20 meters across and went like five meters down into the ground. And the, the guy's talking over the top of this video and he's saying, he said, it's like it's been designed by a professional architect. And I'm like, it was. It was designed by the creator. He put that inside the ant to do it. That's why Solomon said, go to the ant. Do you know that Solomon never had that perspective? He never saw the nest like we have today. We get a greater, but he said, go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> what a great term, sluggard. How, when was the last time you used that word? Never? Okay. 
you got to put it into your vocabulary. Come on, don't let that word be lost. Feel like a sluggard today. So who wants to... This is amazing. We were praying, Frank and Teresa and I and Kathy were out there praying and, um, and we started talking about confusion lifting today. Lily was praying for confusion to lift in the, the prayer meeting with the creative team this morning, for confusion to lift. And I said, Lily, I'm talking about truths that we need, truths that we need in our life, that we need to actually understand. This is a truth that I need to understand. I don't need to fight against it. I need to understand this truth and grab hold of it because instinctively my heart will know it when I hear it because of what the Word of God says. So this morning, our prayer is that confusion is going to lift off your life. Our prayer is, and this is the heart of God, that you will be able to realign with God. Because when heaven and earth are out of alignment, that's when there's confusion and, and distraction. But when we're in alignment with heaven, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and he shows us the real way to life. Oh. So in John 17, 20, Jesus is in the garden and he prays. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. Did you ever realize that Jesus prayed for you? It's not just that he's interceding on, in, at the right hand of the Father now. He prayed for us back then. Because you have believed the message that those apostles, those disciples carried. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity, harmony, harmony, unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Unity. Harmony. Things operate so well. When you um, start looking at, at the world and creation, when you start looking at space and the universe, we think that the space is just this void. It's a vacuum. There's nothing there. Well, we're starting to understand there is a lot there, but we don't understand it. We can't see it, so therefore we don't understand it. But the pattern of heaven is displayed even there. Do you know how many bodies are just circling around. We're not just on a, a planet that's circling around the sun at the moment. That sun is moving at a tremendous rate through the Milky Way. And we're following it, circling around it as it's heading off into space, into something. And we're circling around it and all the other bodies are circling around it and we're orbiting through space. And there's all these other galaxies, oh sorry, other systems inside the Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy is this big body that's hurtling through space. And you know what? Nothing collides. Nothing hits. There is such harmony and beauty there. But here on Earth, there is so much that goes on that we are unaware of. Oh, but it displays the radiant glory of God in such a succinct way that the tr there's truths there for us to grab hold of. Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, Therefore, my dear friends, in, in chapter 2, verse 12, 
As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation, your wholeness, your completeness, your harmony, your unity with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. For some reason that was hard for me to say. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? For it is God who works in you. I love how God has transformed me through Jesus. I am not the person that I would have been if it wasn't for Jesus. I don't want to even meet that guy who Stephen could have ended up being at 53 years of age without Jesus in his life. I would, I'd hate that guy. But I'm glad that I listened to the message, that I, I accepted the message, and then I modelled my life on the teachings of Jesus, the brilliance of Jesus. He showed us how to live a human life that honoured God. It goes on to say here, because don't forget, it's God who works. Do you think God's working at the moment? I'm here to remind you that God is still working. God is still having His way. It's God's will to have His good purpose and His good will in your life. God wants to bring goodness into your life. And it's not just about, oh, well, it's all through goodness then. And if something bad's happening, then that's not God. No, God is even working in the bad stuff to bring about goodness. The bad stuff, I could look at this and go, oh, how stupid of me that a freak little accident that I thought was a soft tissue injury. And then I kept on working and building arbors with my brother for a wedding and signs out the front and gardening and all that. And then after the wedding, I'm like, shouldn't be getting worse, should be getting better by now. Go and have an x-ray. This, I could just be so angry. And, but I'm going, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because it's God who works to have his good pleasure in my life. What are you trying to teach me? And there's so much. It's not about me. It's about you today. Verse 14. It's God who works to have his good purpose. Therefore, do everything without grumbling or arguing. You know that word grumbling? In the Old Testament, it talks about grumbling and it says complaining and accusing God. It's an accusation against God. God, this isn't good enough. This is how it should be. And I'm going to wah, 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 until I get my way. It's a really childish way. And when you go through tough times, when you go through hardships in your life, there's two things that you really see um, displayed. Maturity and capacity. Both of them are displayed when you go through tough times. <laughs> I know. Because I've been through many tough times and my immaturity and my lack of capacity has been evident to my whole family. In truckloads. But we are meant to mature and we are meant to have a greater capacity. That is God's will for our life. Um, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God. Blameless and pure. Does that sound good? That sounds very good, doesn't it? Blameless and pure. Then you will shot. Sorry. Um, children, you'll be children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Mm -hmm. We'll be children 
in a warped and crooked generation. Yeah. Doesn't, we're not. We're in, a, we're in a, like a straight and pure generation. We're, we're in a, like a generous and abundant and, and loving generation. No, we're in a warped and crooked generation. The pattern of this world is just trying to destroy, corrupt, consume. Um, greed has taken over. The pattern of the world is not what we're after. We're after the pattern of heaven. The pattern of heaven. Then you will shine. Oh, yeah, then you will shine. What does it say? I haven't got. For some reason, I've cut that part out of my scriptures. Do we have them up on the screen? We do? No? Don't we have this one? I didn't write it down for you. It's all right. It just says, and then you'll be able to shine. Because this is a really good one. Shine among the, them like stars in the sky. The Passion Translation, it says that then you'll be like eternal shining Stars, thank you for that. It was only like three words. <laughs> Paul goes on to say in Philippians, but whatever, chapter 3, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for Christ's sake. Is there some stuff that you've lost that you go, do you know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing that I've lost that. Um, consider it lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing. This is intimacy. This isn't just, oh yeah, Jesus. He came 2,000 years ago, was born in a manger, uh, in, um, born in a stable, put in a manger in Bethlehem, and then he died at Easter. Born in Christmas, died at Easter. That's it. No, there's so much more about knowing Jesus, knowing my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider that now garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. May they be in us as we are in in them. And it says, may I be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. Ooh, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow attaining, (laughs) I love this, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, which I don't fully understand, not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards a goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I say all that, just to stir your hearts and get some scripture into you, to get some encouragement into you, to tell you about some truths that are self-evident all around us that we need to realise this is a truth that I need to embrace, not a truth that I need to fight. Here it is. <laughs> oh. to, be, to grow healthy and strong, there's some things that we need in our life. There's some things, and especially with new babies, it's good to know these sort of things. Because um, we just think, oh, we've, we've had a baby, and now we're going to raise a child. No, from day one, you're raising an adult. 
And you're raising an adult. You're not raising a child. You're raising an adult because they will be an adult way longer than they are a child. They're only a child for a short period. And in this day and age, it's getting less and less and less because the age of innocence is being slashed and mutilated. So we need to actually protect and, and look after our kids. But the no number one point, and now I've got back into old school here. All my points start with the same letter. So it must be from God. Either that or I'm just a, an MC Taylor. I can just drop rhymes all the time. No. <laughs> In order to grow strong and healthy, I need gravity. I need gravity. And by gravity, I mean opposition and hardship. I need opposition and hardship in my life to grow healthy and strong. You might be like, no, I don't. Please embrace this truth. You need gravity in your life to grow healthy and strong. You need opposition and hardship in your life to grow healthy and strong. Without gravity, as soon as we're born, as soon as we're conceived, as soon as we're born, we start to, the gravity affects our body. If we are born in zero gravity, do you know what happens? Our bone density does not develop. Guys that have gone to space for long periods of time, and it's mostly those that have been to the International Space Station, or Russians, they seem to want to just stay up in space. But if you've ever vis visited Russia, you know why. <laughs> why am I getting all these people going, oh. <laughs> leave that, Leave that sideways comment out of it, you know. But they want to st they've been up there for, some of them have been up there for over a year, you know, for a long period. When they come home, they have to be stretched out. They can't walk. Their bone density, their muscle strength, everything has diminished in a short period of time because of zero gravity, because they don't have that pushback, because they don't have that resistance, because they don't have that hardship and that conflict in their life. Their body says, well, I don't need to fight. I'll just go into nothing mode. So if we don't have gravity in our life, hardship and opposition, we don't get strong bones. We, our, our cardio system does not develop. Our lungs don't develop. Our, our veins don't develop. Our muscles don't develop. Nothing develops properly. We are not in harmony. We are not good for anything. If, if we go from zero gravity and you live in that for a few years and then you come back to gravity, you can't even hold yourself up. I need opposition in my life. You need opposition in your life. You need hardship in your life to grow strong and to grow healthy. Some of you are like, I don't want to agree with that. James says it this way. I love James. James just goes, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> I'm going to give you a belting, but I'll do it in love. This is what he says. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, <laughs> it's not just the testing of our, our um, patience and the testing of our health and the testing of my, my mindset or my mental health or anything. No, no, it's a battle of faith. Our walk is a walk of faith. We don't walk just by feelings. We walk by faith faith. We take steps that are in accordance with faith. 
And when we're in a fight, faith is what we need to realize is being developed here. It's not like, oh, this is a this is unfair or this is unconstitutional or this is unwhatever. This is a fight of faith. When my mum was sick, my dad said to us, this isn't a fight of health. This is a fight of faith. And through that, that whole journey, we learned so much and we're grateful for the lessons that we learned in mum's last um, year on earth that when, when she actually was gloriously promoted, one of my friends rang us up, Kylie and I were driving to have a bit of a break, and um, he rang up and he, he just told us how much that he felt that God was proud of us because of the way our family handled our, our mother and grandma's um, promotion and how we kept our eyes on Jesus the whole time. And it wasn't easy. It was a hardship. It was a struggle, but we knew that it wasn't about health. It was about faith. It wasn't about just the, um, the perpetuation of the body. It was a fight of faith that took us into the eternal realm and into God's realm. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. You may be mature and have capacity in your life. Complete, not lacking anything. I need gravity in my life. I need hardship and opposition in my life that I will not be lacking in anything. Watch the documentary during the week called 14 Peaks. Who's seen it? This dude, okay, I remember Reinhardt or whatever his name was. Um, he took on the 14 peaks in the world that, so they're in um, Nepal, the mountains, sorry, peaks, mountains. These guys, these two guys knew what I was talking about. The rest of you catch up. So they're, they're the 14 highest mountains in the world. Um, they're in Nepal, they're in um, Pakistan, and I think they're only in Nepal and Pakistan from what I can remember. But they... China. Oh, China. There's one in China. There is. Thank you for that. So um, this one guy back in the 70s climbed all 14 peaks, but it took him, I think, 17 years, something like that. Six years. Oh, really good with my 16. Thank you. Um, the quickest that's been done is seven years, I think. Somebody else has done it. But he was the first to do it, and he did it without oxygen. This Nepalese guy said, do you know what? I'm going to do it in seven months. Everyone said, no way. You cannot do it. And he said, no, nah, this is going to be mission possible. And I'm going to do it for the Nepalese people. Jody and Besh, for the Nepalese people. <laughs> you, you've got to watch this documentary, guys. Come on. He's flying a flag for you. <laughs> so he does it and he smashes it out. But the opposition to his physical body. He had to overcome so much, but it was a matter of his will over his body. And in this, it's a matter of our faith over everything else that we are experiencing in our life. Let faith rise. Let faith rise. Don't let anything else rise in your life. Antagonism, oh, the, the, the need to, you know, to demand my rights. Oh, I'm hearing that so much. And as believers, we have no rights. We have responsibilities. We don't have rights. We are no longer of this world. 
we are heavenward, forgetting what is behind. I press on to lay hold of. I press on for that peak. I press on for this high, high calling in Christ Jesus, for that peak ahead of me, knowing that it's going to be a hardship, knowing that it's going to be a struggle, but I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be complete, not lacking anything. I'm speaking that over your life right now. 2 Timothy 2, 11. I love 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, Richie Binu. Here is a trustworthy saying. Trustworthy. That's really good. Trust and faith are very closely united. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. Hmm. If we die to ourself, if we die to our own desires, if we die to our wants and and stuff in our life, because eternal life begins here on earth, but so does eternal death, because we're eternally putting to death the acts of the sinful nature. We're eternally putting to death the thoughts that try and uh, establish themselves in our mind that that um, that rise above Jesus and our knowledge of what Jesus has done for us. So we bring them down. Scripture says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, that's if we persevere and we press on and we keep going, we will also reign with him. Now, this is a really, I I bought this scripture out because I just wanted to share a revelation with you as well, but it's it's a very strong truth, enduring. If we disown him, he will disown us. I'll read the next one. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Is that a contradiction? If we disown him, he disowns us. If we are faithless, and he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. That sounds like a contradiction to me. Never understood it. So I prayed about it. I said, God, I don't understand this. Holy Spirit, give me a revelation of what is actually being said. So what it says here is if we disown him, what that word disown means isn't like, you're no longer in the family. I don't know you. You're no longer my son. You're dead to me. No, he's not saying that. It's actually if we take ownership back off him after giving him our lives and then take it back and say, in this area, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'm going to keep it myself. And to be honest, we can do this in so many areas of our life. Many, many areas. Do you know what he says? He says, if you want ownership, I will release ownership back to you. So that's what he's saying. I'm releasing the ownership back to you. And, but then it says, when it's not a choice, when it's just a matter of faith, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. He will not, once we submit to him and we stay in connection with him, he will, no, he will never, ever disown us by saying, no, nah, don't want ownership of you. You, no, nah, you're dead to me. No, 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 no. I, I will keep hold of you. I will keep hold of you. Oh, endure, guys. Come on, Endure. We're going through a testing time at the moment, and some people have just got their eyes on the wrong prize, forgetting the past. Oh, it's, it's hard to, to bring out a word at the moment without people. I know that there's people listening that are going to be straight on to the whole COVID thing with any comments that we make. We're not making political statements here. We're not making any sort of statements. We're making kingdom statements of how we act in seasons like this. And I'm telling you, we need seasons like this to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on the prize and forgetting, oh, how much you need to just shake off the... 
shake it off and say, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm not going to stay here because if I stay here, I die. If I'm on the side of a mountain and I run out of oxygen or my oxygen tank goes and I stay there, I die. But no, forgetting the past, I press on to lay hold of it. I need opposition and hardship in my life. Do you agree? Oh, oh, my dog has chewed on my new Apple pen. Kylie's dog has chewed on my new Apple pen. I need hardship and opposition in my life. That's why we can't have good things. Second point to what I need in my life to grow strong and healthy is gratitude. It's thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, for Chester, a beautiful Vistla. Gratitude, 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 gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude is not just a wishy-washy thing. The strongest people I've seen on this planet are people that have gratitude in their life. They are thankful for anything and everything in their life. They, they don't, they're not just harping on the bad things. They know that the bad things are there, but they are thankful and they talk about the good things and they keep pressing on about the good things and talking about the good things in their life. To be honest, they're taking on Scripture. It says, whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is righteous, whatever is pure, what is it, whatever is of good report, you know, holy and good report, Think on these things. Too many of us are meditating on what the, the world's talking about, the rhetoric of the world. It's only bad and getting worse, and it's going to, yeah. And God says, no, I'm, gonna, I'm working in you to have my good pleasure. We need gratitude. There's so many things about gratitude. Scripture even says that if with gratitude we receive something, with thanksgiving we receive something, um, even meat offered to idols, even meat that has got a demonic contamination attached to it, even, even that, if we take it with thanksgiving, it cannot harm us. It cannot harm us. I know sometimes I've been bitten by spi <laughs> spiders, mostly. Hopefully not. I know I was bitten by a snake once. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking heck, I'm a boy. <laughs> but when they, when they bite me, I immediately say, thank you, Father, that if any deadly thing bites you, it will not harm you. If you drink any poison, it will not kill you. When Scripture says these things, I am thankful for it. And whenever something happens in my life, I immediately go to those Scriptures and I say, thank you, Father. When I, when I get sickness or injury in my life, I say, thank you, Lord. But by your stripes, we are healed. And I have healing in my body right now. And it's healing now. Gratitude, gratitude. I need gratitude in my life to be strong and healthy. Because if you can't be thankful for everyday things going on in your life, and <laughs> there's a saying in my house when something goes wrong, I just go, of course. Of course. You know, it's become a bit of a joke. And, but it's not of course. It's not of course things are going to go wrong and I'm expecting things to go wrong. But of course things are going to press my buttons. Of course things are going to agitate me and annoy me. Of course things are going to erode and, and get contaminated. And we have to be aware of that. But we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. In all seasons, give thanks. 
Rejoice always, pray continually in all seasons, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. May they be in us and us in them as I am in you and you are in me. Let's remain in Christ. Third point, I need generosity in my life to be healthy and strong. I need generosity. And that's not just money. Whenever you talk about generosity, people think immediately money, 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 money. No, generosity of heart, generosity of of spirit, generosity of, of encouragement, generosity in any aspect, generosity of finance. Though I am blown away when people are generous on a financial level. Over the last couple of weeks, I've just been meditating and the Holy Spirit's been bringing to my remembrance people over the years that God has bought and joined us with in the work that He's called us to do. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for that. In His generous nature, He has caused people to go, like, we've got the guys moving away to Queensland, but what a, what a privilege that during the time that we've had to know you guys, that we've got to see Jesus in you and see your expression of Jesus. Now others get to see that as well. And hopefully you'll carry a bit of our expression with you of the things that we've learned about who Jesus is. I'm so grateful for the people that, that support Kylie and I. Like, <laughs> the generosity that they have, that you guys have. And we don't take it lightly. I've just been reminded. And I, I was talking over with Kyle and we're driving in here. I'm going, aren't you just so grateful? And we're going, yes. I moved off grateful a little bit too, gratitude a little bit too early. And it just reminded me that I am so grateful for you guys. I am so grateful for you guys at home. I'm so grateful for the journey that we get to do together in keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our hearts full of the Word of God, keeping our step with the Holy Spirit, because it's important. Because the time's short, the distractions are huge, and the way is narrow. Generosity. People that are generous, just beautiful. Generous spirit, generous atmosphere, generous attitudes. It's not about them. It's about generosity. I need that in my life to be strong and healthy. And the final one, it's not really, this isn't an exhaustive list at all, just the final one because I, I had like 12. I'm like, I'm already 12 minutes over and I haven't even got to the fourth one. So count, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I need genius in my life to be strong and healthy. I need genius in my life to be strong and healthy. Do you know that when we are born, we are geniuses. We are creative geniuses. We've talked about this before, but back in the 60s or 70s, NASA did a, a test on, it was over, oh, I can't remember, 16 years, I think it was. 16 years they did a test on from babies and they checked out what their cognitive things were and, and really looking at genius. In, and when, when we're like up to two years old, we're like 95 to 97% geniuses. We can solve problems that, that we don't even know what the problem is, but we can solve it. Mathematical problems, kids could work them out at a young age. Really complex equations and stuff, they would work it out just in playing and having games and doing life. They would solve things. 
Then when we hit, you know, like a few years later, it drops down dramatically to almost half to the point that when you're an adult, by the time you're like 16, 17, 2% genius is left. Something's gone wrong. It's because we're not sparking that. We've learned to conform. We've learned to have, um, what is it? Um, it's divergent at the start. It is convergent, isn't it? So convergent thinking is when you're conforming to the pattern around you. Divergent thinking is when you can think outside the box, outside of what everyone else is thinking, and you're in the area of genius. Have you ever been working on a problem or working on something and somebody comes up and goes, I think that part goes there. And you go, ah, that's where it goes. It just needed somebody else's perspective to come in. And you go, you're a genius. No, they were just looking at it from a different way. That's what divergent thinking is. They're not locked into a certain way of thinking. Jesus. So I'm taking all this from the book, The Genius of Jesus. You need to read this book. It's a really easy read. But um, there's one part in here that is beautiful. Not when you've got one hand. I had a bookmarker in here. It was a $5 note. It was a $5 bookmark. Oh, there it is. And I've put it in the wrong spot. (laughs) Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, Okay. I can't read it to you. I've lost my spot. Let me just elaborate on it. Okay. So Mozart was a genius. Um... Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio thinks he's a genius. Leonardo da Vinci, genius. Um, Michael Jordan, genius. Incredible basketball player. Like, if you spent time with these people, if you spent time with Mozart, with Bach, with Beethoven, and you spend, if they said to you, I could teach you to do this, but it's going to take a lifetime. It's going to take 40 to 50 years of being with me for you to learn how to do this. Would you commit to doing that? You know, that's, that's the thing. Because genius can't be transferred. You can spend time with a, a great painter and all you'll be doing is crayon on butcher's paper. You know, like you can spend time with a great basketball or a great sports person and all you do is get run rings around and you get tired and deflated and you go, I'll never play that game again. But the genius of Jesus is different than the genius of just this world. Because the genius of Jesus, He showed us how to model a human life. He showed us how to have a relationship with the Father. He showed us how to have a relationship with everyone else around us. The genius of Jesus is actually contagious. The genius, and the thing is with Jesus, it's so beautiful. If you lack anything, just ask the Father. If you lack wisdom, ask the Father. If you lack something in your life, ask the Father. And when you see things working well, identify it. That's Father. That's the Father's model there. And Jesus wandered around showing us His genius, showing us that he, when He saw a pattern, this is, this is a Father pattern here. This is a heaven pattern here. He'd go, I haven't seen faith like this before. This is great faith. Guys, stop. This is faith. This is Father right here. So I need genius in my life to be able to identify where Father is. I need genius in my life so I can identify this is a pattern of the world and this is a pattern of heaven. And no, don't go after the pattern of the world. Go after the pattern of heaven. 
keep pursuing the pattern of heaven because through that I will lack nothing in my life. And even though we might go through hardships and trials and tests in our life, we will not lack anything. And let it be known, O King, even if He does not save us, we will not bow. I love that from Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. The three guys that were named after Babylonian gods. You know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And they said, we will not bow to you. And the God whom we serve is is able and strong enough to save us from your hand. But if He chooses not to, let it be known, we won't bow to your pattern. We need this mindset. More than ever, we need this mindset. I am going to follow Jesus. I am going to listen to the Spirit. I am going to look for Father and the pattern of Father in, in the world because it's there. And instinctively, we will we'll get it, we'll identify it. But through the genius of Jesus, we'll get to apply it to our life. The genius of Jesus is in the mind of Christ. Scripture talks about the mind of Christ, that we have access to the mind of Christ and the ability to receive the mind of Christ. I've gone way over time. I'm finished. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Father, I thank you for the truths that you've put into creation for us to be able to see, understand and see your pattern in all things. I just pray for those listening and those watching and those here present right now. Father God, I thank you for revelation to flow. I thank you for your spirit to speak. Father, I thank you for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Guys, please don't let that just be rhetoric in your life that it's just a statement that's made. Let it be depth and gravity to it that His kingdom, His righteousness, His ways, His will be done in my life because everything else leads to death. His way leads to life. Father, we honour You today and we rejoice in Your goodness, in Your salvation. Oh, salvation belongs to our God, to our God. Oh, Father, may Your kingdom come. May Your will be done here on earth, here in the earth, here in the earth of our influence, here in the earth of our bodies, here in the earth of our community. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.